Well, good afternoon. Not good morning this time because I am leaving to go to work about three hours later than usual. Usually I leave at 9.20 a.m. Right now I'm leaving at something more like uh, 1.10. I don't have to be there, or sorry, 12.10. I don't have to be there till two or usually I get there at 150 but today I'm leaving early because we had a big snow and ice storm last night so my my morning classes were canceled uh, so I'm just needing to go for my afternoon classes there's still I don't know if you can hear this that's me <laughs> sliding sliding on some snow snow and ice on the shadowy place but the sun has come out which is good which means most everything's melted and it, it only snowed for a little while last night uh, till about I don't know what time did it stop snowing uh, probably stopped snowing around 9 so it was more or less a dry windy night uh, but very cold this is the coldest uh, we've been uh, this year for sure for sure the coldest day yeah the roads are pretty dry traveled roads. But anyway, so we had an Arctic blast kind of come in from China yesterday and today. So right now, yeah, we are at zero degrees Celsius, which is what, 32 Fahrenheit, uh, which is very cold for us here for a daytime, sunny time temperature. Like we don't, we don't get down to zero during the daytime. So it's not even going to climb above uh, a degree today. Um, and we got down to something like minus seven, which is down in the 20s, uh, probably uh, in Fahrenheit. Uh, but yeah, it's much colder than we're, we're used to uh, here in Japan. This is a definitely, a, I think they said once in every 10 year kind of winter storm that happens. So we got some snow and the snow's staying around, but we didn't get that much here. I, I doubt it's more than a total a couple of millimeters is my guess. Um, not much at all. Um, but the problem with a place that gets that little snow is that nobody knows how to drive in it. Uh, and so everybody, you know, puts along like uh, Mr. Magoo, super slow because they're afraid, they're afraid of the uh, ice and snow. but. Once you know kind of what to look for, you know that the ice and snow will present itself in front of you in shadowy places and on corners and, and places where you see a lot of snow stacked up that might be melting into the road and then refreezing, uh, those kinds of places. So if you know what to look for and then you realize that, number one, you brake early in snow and you pump your brakes, uh, very important. And number two, you never accelerate while you're in a... Uh, slippery icy icy place you never you never put on the gas you want to you want to go be as gentle on the gas as you possibly can in these kinds of conditions because uh, that's exactly what will spin you out but yeah just looking right now <laughs> people are going pretty slow uh, slower than usual yeah let's say yeah i better wait another minute i guess i could have made that if i was watching uh, but I 
when I learned to drive, I was in a fairly snowy place. I've lived in a couple snowy places, and so I've uh, I know how to have I know how to have fun on snowy, icy, especially parking lots. That was kind of a favorite high school pastime of mine was to go with my friends to the parking lot uh, at the local church and do donuts. Um, that was so much fun, uh, and I've had to you know get myself out of various. Uh, you know, times of getting stuck in the snow and hitting ice on roads, and so I've had some experience there. And my dad was a good teacher. He he lived in very snowy places like Detroit, Michigan. And at the time, St. Louis, Missouri, was a really snowy place when I was growing up there too. Um, so snow doesn't really doesn't scare me too much. I know some people would not even want to go out on a day like this, um, but it's not too bad. Right now, it's not bad at all, but now I'm going to a place that apparently got more snow than we did. We'll see what it's like once I get over there, but uh, it's a little more inland than we are. So I have a feeling I'm going to be going through a lot more snowy places than, than we have out here where I live. Even down here, now I'm down here on the flat, uh, I don't know how many feet lower than where I live. Up where I live, which is on a hill. There's a lot more snow than there is down here. The snow is still on the hillsides up there, but down here it's pretty much all gone except in the, in the shadowy places. Yeah, it's just like disappeared. So I think we'll be okay driving. We'll see. I'm in a little front wheel drive uh, light, what they call a K car. Sorry, just taking a little water here. <clears throat> And, uh, yeah, it, this thing may be really bad on little icy passage, uh, patches, but it's fairly light, which is good, and it's, it's got front-wheel drive, which front-wheel drive naturally is better in the snow than rear-wheel drive. Now, I don't have snow tires or anything like that, so we'll just have to take it easy. And I'll uh, keep you informed on how it's going as we get closer. Uh, yeah, I know that, I, I think the Midwest also got hit by maybe this same little snowstorm that we're getting hit by. Maybe it went all the way across the Pacific, I don't know. Um, uh, and probably you guys had about the same kind of temperatures, maybe a little colder. But I think you guys are used to colder temperatures over there than we are. Um, yeah, so, man, not much has really been going on. Uh, getting closer to my uh, New York trip by one week since I talked to you guys last week and had a big rehearsal this week and uh, in learning some new music and I really need to put in some time to, to practice um, just so let's see let me see let me get the heat going a little better here yeah that should work um yeah, so that's going to be fun. Uh, finally getting all of my um, travel arrangements made and hotels and and uh, all those things. And I'm going to get to go to the States for about 10 days, which I'm really excited about. Um, I get to go hang out with some of my family and see my mom and hopefully my dad and my brother and sisters. And it should be a good time. And then my, brothers and my brother and sisters are going to go to New York with me and see the concert. 
which will be also a lot of fun. So I'll be spending a lot of time with them in New York, where I will get to on March 27th, I think. But between now and then, I've got finals week next week. I've got a big lecture I have to do this Saturday, a uh, cross-cultural lecture for English students at Ibaraki University, Ibadai. Uh, so I've got to get ready for that. Um, have these yeah, chorus performances I have to get ready for. Uh, and, and the new school year is coming up, so that's something I'm going to have to prepare for. Um, so i got to get some syllabuses in, I think, within the next two weeks. Get all my syllabuses, my syllabi. Uh, put in, I gotta do the grades, gotta, uh, finish the finals next week. Yeah, we gotta get all that done. Um, so it's gonna be a busy couple of weeks, uh, ending the school year, uh, getting ready for the next school year, which starts in April, uh, and my trip to the U.S. Uh, it's gonna be kind of hectic, kind of hectic, um, yeah, kind of crazy. Uh, the other day I had a, a a discussion class, and in the discussion class that I teach at the university, one of the discussion questions that I gave them was, globalization, is it good or bad? Uh, just, to, just to, you know, have them talk about something controversial. And almost all of them were really torn by that question. Because globalization and the idea of globalization is such um, a loaded, uh, a loaded bag, let's say. Um, there's a lot of baggage with globalization, and trying to figure out if it's good or bad is sort of like, uh, you know, trying to figure out uh, if broccoli tastes good or bad. Well. To some people it's good, to some people it's bad, and there's really nothing you can do about that. There's, there's very little you can do. You know, people have opinions. And globalization, though not broccoli, is, is also one of these things that um, on paper might look fairly decent, but, but the way it's worked out in real life uh, is, again, a bit of a loaded bag, right? Um, it's kind of difficult to uh, to quantify um, whether globalization in general is good or bad. And I think first you'd have to define what globalization is. And for me, in general, globalization seems to be, by and large, a business agreement, right? A business agreement between countries to do business with one another uh, in ways that is economically uh, beneficial to all parties involved uh, and to put as few hindrances in the way as possible. Uh, and to that end, a lot of the other uh, facet, facets of globalization seem to uh, come into view. For example, the push for a universal language, uh, which seems to be English at this point, uh, the push to have a universal language uh, to use for 
global globalized countries is um, part of that, I think, right? So when, when we uh, need to do business together, it's good if we can uh, communicate as, as uh, efficiently as possible. And if we all speak the same language, well, that makes it easier. So right now, uh, English has become the language uh, of the, the globalization movements. Um, perhaps because many of the richest countries speak English uh, and a large percentage uh, a large percentage of the world population speak English not as much as some other languages so yeah sorry Siri just interrupted us now we see if we can pass right here I guess we can so far this hill does not look too bad I'm worried about some of the hills going through Hitachi Ota to get to where I'm going. I've got to go through uh, the city. And right now I'm on one of the hill areas and there's no ice or snow at all. It's completely free of any ice or snow, which is great. So that's good. The next part, though, that I'm going to come upon seems to get a little bit more ice and snow than this area. It's a little bit higher up and a little bit farther inland. Um, so we'll just see how that works out. It'll be in about five or ten minutes. We'll know how that's going to go. Uh, so, of course, globalization also involves governments, but it seems to involve governments the way it seems to involve a universal universal language, and that is to uh, to serve the economic goals of the countries involved. Uh, and of course, that's by way of uh, exporting and importing various goods and services. Um, so globalization seems to be, by and large, a uh, economic uh, monster, right? It seems to be there so that more people can can find prosperity. So the question is: Is that working? You know, in the in the countries that have more or less uh, uh, fixed ties have those countries been served by these uh, trade agreements? Uh, and even the answer to that question is it depends on who's looking at the data, right? It really depends on who's looking at the data and what their biases are uh, because nobody agrees on anything. Nobody agrees on any of that stuff. Uh, you know, I think the uh, progressives in America wanted to maintain the North American Trade Agreement, which uh, I think is a microcosm of what globalization uh, um, aspires to be, right, on, on the world stage. Uh, but though progressives supported it and believed it was a good thing, uh, conservatives believed it was a bad thing, believed it, it was uh, hurting Americans. I'm talking about American, uh, American conservatives and, and progressives, by the way. Um, and so, yeah, it just, you know, again, it just depends on who's looking at the data, right? Um, nobody agrees what, what the data are, um, and nobody agrees when they find the data what the data says.
So. Sorry, I'm very thirsty today. So far it looks like I'm gonna get to the my place of business an hour early without, without any problems. We shall see. Uh, yeah, so globalization. Some of the things that my kids talked about that they came up with was uh, globalization in Japan seems to have lowered the, what, they, what they call the GDP, the gross national product. I'm sorry, gross domestic product, GDP. Uh, and I think they were a little confused on the terminology, but what they meant was that many Japanese have lost jobs. Many jobs have been taken away and placed overseas. So these trade agreements have allowed uh, Japanese uh, companies to lay off their their high-priced uh, Japanese workers and hire foreign workers to do the same work for much less money, thereby increasing their profits, right? That's that's what they believe is happening. And what that, that may actually add to the GDP because those profits are coming back to Japan. Uh, but it, it, what it does is it puts all of the GDP in the hands of a few people as opposed to in many hands, right? Uh, and that's a problem. So it doesn't necessarily, in my mind, I'm not an economist, it doesn't necessarily lower the GDP, uh, but what it does is uh, it takes away jobs from Japanese people. And it puts the, the, the money into the hands of a few people at the top as opposed to spreading it out uh, in a big uh, employed middle class. Um, but, but still, the, even though they, you know, the GDP may, may not be what they were trying to get at, they still made a great point, right? Uh, globalization may, may mean the loss of jobs at home. What else? Um, other things were... Pardon me. Little, uh, afternoon... Afternoon uh, yawning here. I may still have time for a little nap once I get there. That'd be great. Uh, the other thing is that some of the kids thought it was bad because uh, Japanese people were losing their language and their culture more and more. And this is true, right? In a global world, um, agreeing people is what globalization wants. And people agree better when they share language, share religion, share a culture. Uh, and this means for some people that, you know, they may lose their national identity. Now the flip side of that is some countries with a very strong national national identity become nationalistic and uh, become somewhat supremacists uh, or, or uh, exceptionalists in, in thinking that their 
their culture, their language, uh, their religion, their heritage, their history is superior to that of other peoples, right? So I can see the nation nationalistic question from both sides, right? Um, and I think that's a very normal answer that people would have come up with. Uh, let's see, what did other people talk about? Other people thought it was bad for other reasons. Uh, some people thought it was good because it increased business, right? Imports and exports, uh, in, import and export business increased. And to some extent that's true, but there are a lot of, there's a lot of hidden, uh, that's what I'm looking for. There are a lot of hidden problems um, with importing and exporting. And I think it was highlighted best by the industry of importing bottled water from various places around the globe and, and the amount of money that it takes to move this water and bottle, bottle it and move it and the amount of trash that it produces for our oceans and rivers and lakes in plastic bottles uh, and the amount of uh, fuel, fossil fuel, that it takes to move these things across the ocean uh, and the pollution that that causes uh, bottled water, importing, buying and consuming uh, bottled water is a horrible idea unless your country cannot produce water. Imported bottled water to Japan is ridiculously stupid. Now, I say that, and once in a while, because I just need some water quickly, uh, I, will, uh, I will grab a bottle of water uh, I try to get the cheaper stuff, and and uh, but I also try to get a good deal if I'm going to drink water. Um, but I also will buy one of these bottles maybe a week and then refill it with my tap water for the rest of the week. Um, it's just that's just a matter of my lack of preparation. I could fill bottles every single day. Uh, but sometimes I need more water while I'm out. I'm out sometimes uh, whole days at a time, so there is that. But still. In theory, even though I haven't been able to practice it perfectly, in theory, I agree uh, that importing and exporting of bottled water is ridiculous. Now, there are a lot of other things um, that should not be imported and exported, that should be made at home. Uh, food. When at all possible, you should eat the food that's produced in your own country. Right, uh, and you know, part of this is our our what do we say addiction to variety, right? We we are addicted to having many choices. We are addicted to exotic things, right? Uh, we want we want to drink uh, German beer, and we want to eat uh, Japanese beef, uh, and, and we want. Uh, you know, whatever else it is, right? Uh, French wine, right? We want the best. Uh, and one of the problems of globalization uh, and the information age, which, which work hand in hand, is that now we see what we're missing. And we see what we're missing in so many different ways, in print, in video, 
videos uh, in, in uh, of course, new newspapers and magazines and movies and television shows, but we, we are made to desire things that we didn't even know existed necessarily. Uh, and, you know, I want, now I want to drive a German car. You know, and uh, this and that and the other thing. And so, really, if we're not moving all of these heavy goods all around the globe to places that really don't need them but just want them, yeah, life would be a little bit more boring, but I think it, it would be way better for the environment. So, there, there is no, um, there is no way that globalization is only a positive thing. Now, again, it depends on how you define globalization. It's really something that's difficult to define. Because you could say strictly on a social level, on a human level, there's a globalization that happens where uh, people uh, meet and learn about different cultures and different people and learn to respect one another uh, and they're, thereby uh, acquiring peace, right? Now, that, that would be, uh, to me, a worth, very worthwhile goal of globalization uh, if we could uh, learn to respect and love people of different uh, religions and races and creeds. Well, creed and religion, same thing. Uh, cultures, languages, uh, colors. Uh, that's a good thing of globalization. But globalization is such uh, a monster, right? It's such a monstrosity that it contains all this stuff. Now, let's think about globalization in terms of religion. And is, the, is there a religious globalization movement? And I think there have been many. Uh, the Catholic Church calls itself the, the Catholic Church because Catholic, or I believe in Latin it's Catholicum, uh, is the word for universal, right? Everybody, everybody under one banner, everyone under one Lord, the universal church, the universal Catholic church, the Roman universal Catholic church, right? Uh, and so the ideas of Catholicism, the ideals, I should say, of Catholicism, uh, was that it become a universal church where all are welcome. And I, I think that's a, that's a great thing. Another, uh, another movement toward that direction uh, has been called ecumenicalism. Ecumenicalism, right? The idea that uh, people of many faiths can have fellowship and, and, and can, can uh, spend time together and learn about one another and respect one another, right? Ecumenicalism. Uh, on a strictly Christian basis, I believe uh, that globalization, also known as ecumenicalism is a wonderful thing. Uh, respect, love and respect for people of different faiths uh, I think is, a, is a, a move in the right direction. Uh, and, I, and I think Paul and a lot of other uh, writers in the New Testament support this in many ways.
These roads seem to have been salted this morning, perhaps. There is more ice on this one. But so far, the uh, ice that I was expecting to see over here did not uh, show up at all. I've still got one more kind of hilly area to go through here in about five minutes. So we'll see how that is. But so far, it looks pretty good. Uh, let's see. So I think if if the all the Christians of the world suddenly decided that if you if you believe that Jesus Christ uh, loved the world and died for the world and was resurrected, uh, no matter how you believe those things, if you believe in Jesus, believe that He's the Savior of the world, I think. We, we could all accept one another on the basis of Christianity. Now, there is a, I have strong universal tendencies as far as religion goes as well, meaning I don't think it matters. Uh, I, don't, I don't think God abandons you if you, do, if you don't accept him. I don't believe that ever happens, ever. Uh, and, and there is that. And so I think to some extent, a truly Jesus-like ecumenical spirit would embrace the entire world. Uh, not just people who, who um, purport to be Christian. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so that, that's, that's part of my uni universal leanings, right? I believe that Jesus will uh, do whatever he has to do uh, for all time, uh, where even even beyond time, to woo everyone into his uh, embrace, no matter how long it takes. I don't think Jesus is limited by time, nor would he limit himself by time. I don't think you have to accept Christ in this life to find Christ. Um, there. I said it. And I hope that's the case. Furthermore. Not, not, not only do I think that's the case, I hope that's the case. Uh, I hope Christ's heart is, is that big and that welcoming. And so, the, you know, the, this globalization movement uh, is absolutely a good thing it's a wonderful thing if if it is if it is pursued with the purpose of bringing people together in mutual respect understanding and love however the globalization movement that I am aware of is motivated by greed and money, and that is only going to. Ah, this is what this is what another group said. That is only going to expand the distance between the rich and the poor. That's what greed does. It makes the rich richer and the poor poorer. That's capitalism. That's greed. Um, those are. That is just how it works. 
okay? Um, it's sad. Sad as it is. That's how it works. That's what it is. Uh, so, yeah, one of the groups talked about that, that globalization may make the rich richer and the poor poorer. And that may have been in conjunction with the ideas that they talked about, the GDP and the, uh, you know, the, the loss of jobs, uh, domestic, um, the loss of domestic jobs and things like that. It may have been in connection with all of that. I don't remember. Oh, I just hit. I hit a big piece of snow or ice. Yeah, this part has a lot of snow and ice. Snow and ice. So, yeah, there you go. Um, I'm part of this globalization thing. I teach English in Japan. Uh, and the whole fact that Japan went after English teachers and wanted its population to be better in English is all in preparation for this global economy. And a lot of people think the global economy has already peaked uh, and perhaps is diminishing. That globalization has, has already run its course uh, and is being run back. And uh, we see some ev evidence in this the last, say, five, six years with uh, Brexit and the canceling of the North American Trade Agreement and all this stuff. Uh, but I, I have a feeling in general that the globalization movement itself is mirroring and par parodying, parodying, is that the right word? The spread of the kingdom of God, which is, I think, you know, the goal of ecumenicalism, actually. Right, it's the spread of the kingdom of God, the spread of of the reign of Christ across the entire earth. And I don't think that can be stopped. I, I think that uh, because of God's unlimited resources and because of his faithful people around the world, I think, I think that that purpose marches on, marches forward, that that's going to come about and that can't be stopped. And I think eventually what we're calling globalization uh, will bow to the kingdom of God. It will be absorbed by it, cleansed by it, uh, and perhaps that will be the moment uh, when Christ comes back. Right? Maybe, maybe when we stop worshiping money. Maybe that's what we're waiting for. I don't know. I don't know. You tell me. Difficult thing to figure out for sure. But that could be it.
literally, because it's one degree outside. But I did bring a little blanket. A little binky. Sorry, a blanky. Not a binky, a blanky. I'm just going to hang out here. And I'll finish this podcast. So, yeah, uh, the the true kingdom of God is a globalization movement, to be sure. Um, it is trying to bring the entire earth under under the benevolent reign of Christ. It doesn't do it by force. It doesn't do it by coercion. Uh, it doesn't do it using shame or guilt uh, it, it doesn't use any kind of oppression uh, it does it through love and through understanding and through patience uh, also known as long suffering <laughs> uh, and sacrifice um, those are the weapons of the kingdom Truth, certainly truth, but truth enveloped in love. Certainly justice, but justice, uh, which looks like mercy. Um, these are the soldiers of the kingdom. Uh, and when we use those things, justice and mercy, and love and acceptance and forgiveness and redemption, right? And... Uh, the other word I'm looking for, reconciliation. All of these things are what bring people together, right? We take away the things or we nullify the things that have been keeping people apart. And in doing so, we end up planting the kingdom of heaven in a place. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yes, it's, it's, it's all about globalization, but it's globalization with a lowercase g um, it is on heaven sorry in earth on earth as in heaven uh, on earth as in heaven is what we're trying to get to in the whole world right every knee will bow and every tongue confess at some point it's going to happen uh, or so the bible seems to say And so, yeah, globalization, big G, that's happening today, this defined but vague uh, ideal is a bastardization of the kingdom of heaven and the globalization that it desires to do, uh, or rather Christ desires it to be. But it's still maybe a move in the right direction. And as I said, I think at one point, the, the kingdom of heaven will will cleanse and and um, reconcile with globalization that it will bring it under its wing into its fold uh, and make it truly beneficial for all instead of just the rich and powerful um, so yeah I uh, Globalization is an interesting thing to look at. It's, you know, I, I wish, I wish that the church 
embraced the kingdom like the church seems to try be trying to embrace globalization or you know some some churches may be totally against globalization because they're nationalistic which is also not good but what all christians should be is nationalistic for their true country which is the kingdom of heaven the kingdom of god uh yeah okay i'm gonna get down off my high horse and uh Actually, what I should be doing is trying to figure out, you know, how, how am I doing that or how can I do that uh, where I'm at now uh, here in this, in my own context. So, yeah. All right. You guys have a great day. Bye-bye.